Christian Therapy Podcast. It is your host, Aisha Barano. Let's get into today's episodes. So we are studying from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 today, and I'm going to be reading from the Passion Translation. If you've missed all of the previous episodes that I've made in August, I encourage you to go and listen to it. Um, so far, today is the 19th episode. Um, and why is that? Um, it is because we have been doing 30 days with the word. So every day in the month of August, we'll be studying a chapter and I will be discussing like one chapter with you. Um, and so I believe we started from Ephesians and now we're in First Thessalonians chapter 5. So I want to encourage you to go back and listen for yourself and yeah, and also read the scriptures as well. Okay, let's get into today's um, episode. So um, the starting, the, the, the beginning, the chapter begins with now beloved brothers and sisters concerning the question of God's precise times and specific seasons. You don't need me to write anything to you. For you already know quite well that the day of the Lord will come unexpectedly as a complete surprise. For while some are saying, finally, we have peace and security, sudden destruction will arrive at their doorstep like labor pains seizing a pregnant woman and with no chance of escape. But you, beloved brothers and sisters, are not living in the dark, allowing that day to creep up on you like a thief coming to steal for you are all children of the light and children of the day we don't belong to the night nor to darkness this is why we must not fall asleep as the rest do for do but keep wide awake and clear-headed now i'm sure you guys have heard um people talk about how rapture is gonna come like a thief in the night and like you know if you're not ready you'll be left behind now i discussed rapture quite a bit in the episode from yesterday so if you have not listened to that i would encourage you to listen to it um i think it's titled is rapture legit um and so back to this verse now he's saying to the thessalonican church that they already know that the day of the lord the the day that the lord will be coming right it would be unexpected and come as a complete surprise. So it's not like anyone can pinpoint the exact day. You know, whilst you might not be able to pinpoint the exact day, that doesn't mean that you cannot sort of make estimations regarding sort of when that would happen through the scriptures, right? But no one can know the exact day. Like no one can tell you it is going to happen on the 24th of august 2020 i don't know 2030 for example um at 12 p.m nobody can tell you that right through the scriptures certain people can do um calculations in terms of okay we're thinking plus or minus somewhere around here based on what we know of the bible based on you know, maybe 2,000 years from Adam plus or minus. So I'm not going to get into that, right? But yes, you might be able to do close calculations plus or minus in terms of the year 
years um, that it is likely to happen. But you cannot exactly pinpoint it down to the day and the hour, okay? So, and then it's saying that, so some will be thinking they have peace and security and then it will happen. It will come like sudden destruction, right? Because that would be judgment, right? But then for those of us who are Christians, we're not in the dark. It's not going to creep up on us like a thief in the night right? We're all children of God. We're all children of light. And so we should not be at a point where we're relaxed and just living our lives anyhow, when truly and more importantly, we should be living for God, right? So if we read verse five, it says, for you are all children of the light and children of the day. We must, we don't belong to the night nor to darkness. This is why we must not fall asleep as the rest do, but keep wide awake and clear-headed. So we cannot fall asleep. Fall asleep does not necessarily mean that we're sleeping. No, no, no. We cannot, our spirits cannot be asleep, right? We cannot be at a point where we're spiritually weak. We cannot be at a point where our spirits are asleep, regardless of whatever our body is doing, right? And I'll give you an example, right? So you might be thinking, when you go to bed, your spirit is awake. And I say this because if you think about it, when you, for me, when I listen to messages while I'm asleep or when I listen to anything while I'm asleep, I hear it, right? So I'm asleep and how do I know I hear it, right? Let's say the next day I go back to listen to that message. I'm like, wow, I've heard this before, right? And then... It, it's a it's a reiteration it's not the first time i heard it even though the first time i heard it was when i was asleep right so my spirit connected with it so my spirit was awake the whole time just my body was asleep and so what happens sometimes is your body's awake but your spirit is asleep where you're not alive to what the word of god says you're not alive to who you are in christ right you're just walking around you're not hot, you're not cold for God. You're just, you're just there, right? And you're just asleep. It's like with everything happening with the pandemic and everything, right? A lot of people don't realize how and where that comes up, you know, based on what the Bible says about certain things in the end times, right? So some people don't even realize like what is going on beyond and behind the scenes, right? And so it is so important that as Christians, we're not spiritually asleep, that we are alert, we are awake, we are wide awake and clear headed, you know? So it says, this is why we must not fall asleep as the rest do, but keep wide awake and clear headed. For those who are asleep, sleep the night away and drunkards get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, we must stay alert and clear headed by placing the breastplate of faith and love over our hearts and a helmet of the hope of salvation over our thoughts. And you know what's interesting? Sometimes I think about it like, if you're not spiritually awake, you will not hear the sound of the trumpets, which means you will not be raptured, right? So 
the problem the like just think about it on a practical level let's say for example you went out like i don't know drinking and you got so drunk i can bet that i don't think your spirit will be able to pick it up you would be completely knocked out and so that's why i think you know it's very important that we are very careful because ah guys you you don't want to miss it And so I'll go back to reading verse 8. But since we belong to the day, we must stay alert and clear-headed by placing the breastplate of faith and love over our hearts and a helmet of the hope of salvation over our thoughts. We must stay alert. We must be clear-headed, right? How can we be clear-headed by having the breastplate of faith, right? So... We're thinking, we're having our faith, we're using our faith as a shield, right? We have loves in our hearts. And then our helmets, right? So if you think about it, all of these things are things that you use in war, right? Breastplates, you know, that's your shield. Helmet, you're using it to cover your head so that no one can come for your head, right? And then it's saying that we have a helmet of the hope of salvation over our thoughts, right? So... The hope of salvation should be your helmet, which means every single time in your heart, there should be the hope of salvation. There should be eternity should be in your heart. You should be thinking, wow, rapture is going to happen soon. What can I do to, you know, how can I be better? What more can I do for God? Rapture is happening soon. That should be your day-to-day mentality. That should be the thoughts that are constantly in your mind. It should be, how can I take my spirituality to the next level? And then he goes on to say, but God has not destined us for wrath, but to possess salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, the anointed one. Okay. Then he goes on to talk about how Jesus gave his life so that we might share in the resurrection life in union with him. Right. And then he says, whether we are awake or asleep, but that's is specifically in relation to whether or not we are awake or dead physically dead right so asleep means dead in this context now you will get some more context if you had listened to the first episode um the episode yesterday that would make more sense at this stage right but then so he's now saying that because of all of this because this is coming encourage your other believers right support one another just as as you've already been doing right so for example i'm supporting you guys i'm encouraging you guys right now through this podcast right so i'm pretty much doing what paul is asking me to do right so now you have to think about how can you encourage other people around you with the gospel with the coming of jesus christ with the fact that rapture is going to happen but the fact that they need to know and give their hearts completely to christ And so verse 12, dear brothers and sisters, make sure that you show your deep appreciation for those who cherish you and diligently work as ministers among you. For they are your leaders who care for you, teach you and stand before the Lord on your behalf. Right. So it's encouraging them to cherish and appreciate the people that the Lord has placed over them. So like their pastors, their teachers, their ministers, all of those people. You know, because he's saying that the leaders care for them, they teach them, they stand before the Lord on their behalf. So they're interceding, 
for, for them, right? And then he goes on to say that they value you with great love because of their service to you. Let peace reign among yourselves. Okay. And then he continues to say, we appeal to you, dear brothers and sisters, to instruct those who are not in their place of battle. Hmm. What does it mean to instruct those who are not in the place of battle? Those are the Christians that are not woke to the reality of who Christ is. Those are the Christians that are sleeping. That's spiritual slumber, right? Christians that don't know what's going on. The Christians that don't spend time with God. The Christians that don't pray. Christians that don't go to church. Christians that don't meditate on the word of God, right? Because they're not in their place of battle. They are in a resting position right now when they should be on guard, when they should be on a place of battle with their breastplate of faith, with love, right? With their helmet of hope, of salvation, right? So he's saying that he's appealing to them, right? To wake up the, the, the Christians who are still sleeping, Christians who are idle, Christians who are disorderly, Christians who don't know their place in Christ. Then he goes on to say, be skilled at gently encouraging those who feel themselves inadequate. So if you have someone around you who is constantly putting themselves down, encourage them. Encourage them. And then he goes on to say, be faithful to stand your ground. Help the weak to stand again. Be quick to demonstrate patience with everyone. Be quick to demonstrate patience with everyone. Not just the people that are nice to you. Be quick to demonstrate patience with everyone. You know, I would even go as far as saying the people that need the patience the most are the ones that are very, very rude to you. The ones that are not patient with you. The ones that are constantly criticizing you. Those are the ones that you really need to apply patience with. Those are the ones you really need to apply patience with. And, you know, I'll go a step further and even say, I feel like as Christians, right, with everything that, you know, is going on and with everything, we need to be very careful that we're not holding on to offense. So if anyone has offended you, if you have offended anyone, you need to forgive and move on. You know, you need to make amends. Like, I think for me, I sort of said to myself, like, I don't want to have any offense towards anyone. So sometimes if that means me getting back in touch with someone I don't speak to, if that means me apologizing to someone I don't talk to, if that means me trying to resolve with someone that I don't, I don't speak to, then that's what I would do. You know, whatever it takes, because I do not want to miss the rapture that's the truth of the matter okay so for me it's like nothing is that deep like nothing is that deep so try to avoid offense and you know that's the way like the devil tries to get us he tries to get us offended tries to get us to leave the church of christ tries to get us hurt by some of the things that have happened to us that we just feel like oh i don't want to pray oh i don't want to do this i don't want to do this but no, God's got your back. And he's asking you to demonstrate patience. He's asking you to resist revenge. Make sure you're not paying anyone back with evil. 
right? But it tells us to always pursue doing what is beautiful to one another and to all the unbelievers. So he's not just saying be nice to your Christians, your fellow Christians. He's saying be nice to people that ain't Christians too. Unbelievers, anyone that isn't Christian. And then he goes on to say, let joy be your continual feast. That means be overjoyous. Continue to be joyous in every situation. Then he says, make your life a prayer. Ain't that a word? Make your life a prayer. How can you make your life a prayer? When your life, when you're living for God and you're living a life that is full of testimonies, is full of miracles, people would be using your life as a prayer point. People would be using your life as a prayer point. People would be like, yo, I'll give you an example. The people of the world are like, oh my God, Sierra and Russell. They're constantly, constantly saying, oh my God, Sierra, tell us what the prayer, tell us the prayer you, you, you did to get Russell. Tell us the prayer. That's what people are talking about. They're asking for Sierra's prayer. You know, even to this day, if you check her comments, people are constantly like, ah, oh God, give us the prayer that you, you did, you know, and that's it. Her life is now a prayer. A life is now, people are like, oh, they want her life, right? But how? It's by doing things the right way, by doing things a certain way, right? And then in verse 18, it says, and in the midst of everything, be always giving thanks, for this is God's perfect plan for you in Christ Jesus. In the midst of everything, there would be days when you don't feel like praising God. There would be days when you don't even feel like getting out of bed. But in all things, give thanks. This is the plan for you. That's God's plan for you. Even when things don't look easy, even when things are looking one kind, God wants you to be thankful. He wants you to give thanks to God no matter what happens in your life. No matter what is happening, he wants you to pray continually to have endless joy. Regardless of what whatever it is that you're going through. And so verse 19, it talks about never restrain or put out the fire of the Holy Spirit. Never restrain or put fire, put out the fire of the Holy Spirit. Now, when the Holy Spirit is in you, the Holy Spirit is burning. The Holy Spirit is on fire. The Holy Spirit is, is quick. The Holy Spirit has power. The Holy Spirit has wisdom, right? But when the Holy Spirit is trying to get you to move, with that power, with that wisdom, with that ability, and you're not doing anything. You are restraining, you're putting out the fire of the Holy Spirit. You're putting out his fire. You're putting out, you're, you're literally limiting his ability in your life. And that's the thing. People feel like, oh, you know, how can I limit the ability of the Holy Spirit? Is God? No. Yes, he is God. But he's not going to force you. He's the one that created free will. For goodness sake, he's not going to force you to do anything you don't want to do. How the Holy Spirit works is he can tell you, do this. If you don't do it, you'll be like, ah, you really should do this. If you don't do it, mm-hmm. he might say it one more time. You really should do this. This, I think this is what's best for you. You don't do it. He will stop talking about it. 
And sometimes you stop hearing him completely. Right? It's like because you're wounding the Holy Spirit. He's advising you and you're ignoring his counsel. So what is he going to do? He will leave you to do what you want to do. And then when you now do what you want to do and struggle, you now come back. You now be like, okay, my son, let me help you out. So don't restrain him. Don't put out the fire. If he's trying to tell you, I need you to do this, then do it. Like if I think about the 30 days with the word, like I was just thinking like, oh my God, how am I going to handle posting 30 every single day for 30 days with my schedule? How? But the Holy Spirit has been helping me. The Holy Spirit has been prompting me. There's been days when I forgot Right? There was a day I forgot and I was just getting comfortable and I'm like, oh my God. I literally got, it was at night and recorded, right? The Holy Spirit was constantly prompting me, constantly reminding me. Even yesterday, I had a long day yesterday, didn't get a chance to record until about 11 p.m. last night, right? But that was, the Holy Spirit did not just leave me because he knew that I wanted to do it. He knew that it was something that is blessing people and needed to be done. Right? It's something that he endorsed. So he was reminding me, bringing it to my remembrance so I can get on and do what I need to do. But if, for example, he reminded me and I'm like, well, I know it's 30 days with the word, but I can miss one day. He'll probably tell me again. But after that, it's probably like you're on your own. So we have to be very careful to not restrain the Holy Spirit, to not put the fire out. And then if we continue reading, it says, and don't be the one who scorns prophecies, right? But be faithful to examine them by putting them to test and afterwards hold tightly to what has been proven to be right. Right? So first of all, right, there is some people don't even believe that prophecy is legit but prophecy is legit right it's an active function of the holy spirit in us right where we prophesy we say what is to come right now what people need to understand is when you ignore prophecy that's also connected to you restraining the holy spirit because yes the holy spirit gives you prophecy right so if you're ignoring the Holy Spirit, you're restraining his power, you're all, and you're also ignoring prophecy. Now, one thing that is important to be very clear is that you have to examine every prophecy. Put them to the test so that you can make sure that it is true. It is a true prophecy. It is not something inspired by a devil. Okay. And then verse 22 says, avoid every appearance of evil. And then verse 23, now may the God of peace and harmony set you apart, making you completely holy. And may your entire being, spirit, soul, and body be kept completely flawless in the appearing of our Lord Jesus, the anointed one. And I'm just going to say amen and amen for all of us. And then he continues to say, the one who calls you by name is trustworthy and will thoroughly complete his work in you. So think about it. God calls you by name. He is trustworthy. He's dependable. You know, sometimes we rely on people 
because we feel like they're trustworthy. How much more God? God is trustworthy. He's worthy of our trust and will totally complete what he's doing in us. He will. But you have to believe it. You have to. That needs to be your mindset. Like if I wake you up whilst you're sleeping, you should know God will complete his work in me. God is trustworthy. Right? And then Paul continues to tell them to pray for him. And of course, he tells them how to greet their sisters and their brothers. Um, And then he pleads with them to make sure that every believer, every child of God, every Christian has the opportunity to hear the letter read to them. And so now we're, we're bringing to pass this promise because now we're reading this letter. Now we're reading it to believers all around the world, not just Thessalonica church, right? Now we're bringing it to believers all over the world. And now it says, may grace from our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. That's how it closes the book of first Thessalonians. Okay. So tomorrow we're going to be diving into second Thessalonians. So I'm quite excited about that. So just before we end today's episode, um, if you have not said the prayer of salvation, which means that you have not given your heart to Jesus Christ, I want to give you an opportunity to give your heart to Christ now. Um, So one of the big things that I have to emphasize is the fact that you have to believe completely um, with all of your heart and you have to speak forth. So which means you have to say it um, whilst believing in your heart now there's not enough to believe you have to believe and speak um, and it's not enough to speak without believing so it requires both so now i'm going to say the prayer of salvation and i need you to repeat it after me oh lord god i believe with all my heart in jesus christ son of the living god i believe he died for me and God raised him from the dead. I believe he's alive today and forevermore. I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is the Lord of my life. From this day, through him and in his name, I have eternal life. I am born again. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. I am now a child of God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. If you have said this prayer, welcome to the family of God. You are now a child of God. You are now born again. You can confidently say, I am born again. Glory to God. And so now if you want to learn more about how to live your life as a born again Christian, I will encourage you to go back and listen to every single episode on this podcast. Just keep listening and you will continue to see the transformation in your life. And also, I will encourage you to go out there, go on Google and search for Now That You Are Born Again by Chris Oyakilome. And if you review that, you will see in the book it explains carefully what happens now that you've given your heart to Christ. It explains clearly what you have received as a child of God. 
and so i will encourage you to actually go and read the book it's a really short book it's a pdf um, version and it is free online too and if for whatever reason you're unable to get the book just send me a direct message on christian therapy um um using the christian therapy handle um on instagram um yeah so just send me a direct message and i will organize for it to be sent to you so yeah thank you so much um for listening to today's episode god bless you and i will see you next time bye